Throughout the generations, there have been filmmakers who have redefined the horror genre. Hitchcock, Carpenter, Craven, and more. Today we focus on a filmmaker who rose to prominence in the late 20th century. Come along, won't you, as we discuss the works of M. Night Shyamalan, including his latest release on this edition of Shriek Previews! You cannot get out. Shriek previews. Dan, Brent, looking kind of old this week. <laughs> I see what you did there. It looks like you got a little more gray in your beard than I remember. Oh, shit. Maybe just for men. Yeah, think, maybe you think that'll help. Yeah, or or you know, hymns. Oh wait, no, I think that's Viagra type stuff. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, you could use that too. Just I just need a reason to. Brunch. Just. Call your doctor if it lasts for more than four hours. Dun dun dun! I can see a, a can you movie trailer. Around with a... Never mind. <laughs> a movie trailer. <laughs> it was supposed to last for less than four hours. Now he can't get a break. <laughs> it's <Arnold>. coming. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger and Mark Wahlberg star in. Coming soon. <laughs> oh my God, we could just go on and on. <laughs> right, we that. could, we could, but the uh, our our listeners didn't tune Did in. To... Go on and on. Oh, for at least for four hours. <laughs> our our listeners did not tune in to hear us make crude jokes and whatever. <laughs> so today we are discussing M Night S. I always butcher his name. I you know you said it properly in the intro. Uh, apparently, he officially pronounces it M. Night Shyamalan. Mm. But it's got that Y. Yeah, that it's, it's, yeah it's, it's spelled Shyamalan. Yeah. Shyamalan. And, and it's got that M-A-L-A-N at the end that you want to keep going on with right. and on with. I've heard other people call it Shyamalian. You know, I thought the, uh, it's, yeah. you know, so, but from straight from his mouth, it says it's M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan, yep. And the interesting thing is that's not actually his name. Apparently his real name is Manoj Nelayatu Shyamalan. Oh, so the, but the last name's correct. Yes. It's just the, the first, the M. Yeah, the M is short for Manoj. And Nelayatu, he just made into Knight, apparently, because... Smart move. It kind of it kind of has a sound to it. M Night Shyamalan. Right. You no. Know? But if if because Minaj, if he just went Mon and then instead of turning it to night, he made a day. He'd be Monday. <laughs> anyway, well, I mean, it works for like you know, there's that singer, The Weekend, so he could be Monday. Yeah. She go after and then the we weekend. Need, like other. Right. Well, there is a mid-sized sedan in this movie. Right, there is, yes. So let's talk about Old. Okay. Uh, the newest feature from M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. This is one that I know in previous podcasts we've been talking about wanting to, you know, we've been looking forward to this one. So this family is on vacation at this resort. Mm-hmm. A mysterious resort. A mysterious resort that she found online. Yeah. And they get invited to uh, go to the, a private beach. Mm-hmm. And there's there's just another select few, you know, a couple other families. 
But once they're there, it's a, this great serene. Oh, you know what? I almost forgot. Ah. Spoiler alert! We are going to spoil the movie old. If you didn't already figure that out, so uh, if you don't want it spoiled, then turn it off and go watch the movie, and then come back watch all of his movies because we're going to be talking about all of them, mm. but not in as much in depth as old. Mm. Anyway, so this gorgeous beach, and once they're there, they're having a good time, but weird things start happening. Mm. Uh, somebody who died uh, decomposes really quickly. Mm-hmm. And people start aging, and the children are growing up in a matter of hours. Mm-hmm. And they can, they find they can't leave the beach because they get these like headaches and they pass out. Yeah, yeah, they you black out if you try to leave the beach. And so they're trying to figure out how to do it. And there's one guy who uh, apparently is suffering from dementia, and so he goes. That that is uh, what was his name? Um, uh, Charles, the doctor. Charles. Um, yes, that, that's the guy. That, the older guy. He's the one that starts. Yeah. Having dementia. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the uh, oh, the actor? actor's name. I don't know. Rufus Sewell, mm. who I have seen before. Uh, he was in the series The Man in the High Castle mm. on on Amazon. So uh, I I always thought he kind of looked like Peter Capaldi from Doctor Who. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. So Peter Capaldi is more gaunt, right? Peter Capaldi reminds me of uh, the guy that played Doctor House. Yeah, yeah, Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. Yeah, and they they're discovering that all of them have some medical conditions. One lady has seizures. Mm-hmm. The other one has uh, a, a uh, calcium deficiency. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one has cancer. Yeah, and uh, they all discover this. But and insights that Dan had MS, I think. And that's where yeah, he, he went had to the a, beach. He had a, a bleeding, ble- blood clotting thing. He, oh, that's right. The girl for the girl he was with, she found out she had MS. Yes. Uh huh. And various things happened to cause people to die. Uh, one person was just old, and she apparently died of old oh, age. Right. Yeah. And then Rufus Sewell's character with his dementia, he starts killing people. Uh huh. Starts uh, getting this like paranoia thing to him, and he starts stabbing people and shit. Yeah. I loved the lady with the the, the calcium deficiency mm. because she's like, "Don't look at me!" and she's she's uh, the bones keep breaking and, and rehealing and yeah. stuff, and she just becomes this twisted thing. Oh God, that was awful to watch. Yes, you know these these kids they're growing up, and two of the kids are are suddenly teenagers, and they're like, "Hey, what's this weird feeling?" And <laughs> so they 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 have some sexy time, and then suddenly she's giving birth. Mm-hmm. And the baby dies within minutes because they can't care for it yeah. quick enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a very interesting take. And then the the big twist, because all of, well, not all of his, but a majority of his movies, especially his original stories, <laughs> have some kind of a twist. Yeah. And it turns out that this, this uh, um, resort is sponsored by a pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. And they snuck drugs or you know uh, pharmaceuticals into their drinks that they gave them when they first arrived at the resort and uh, this allows them to test the viability of these these cures over a period of a day mm-hmm. as opposed to over a lifetime so it, it 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 speeds that up and so although they're sacrificing people for 
to to do this they're justifying it as well we're, we're doing helping it all the, of humanity yes the 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 as as spock would say the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few exactly so that was the big kind of twist at the end and uh so why don't you dive right in dan tell us what you think i loved it mm, i loved it i i um i felt the film had a very well of course needless to say the picturesque quality of the scenery is gorgeous the element of isolation at this beach you know um I, you 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 get involved with these characters i actually really emotionally connected and felt for these people you know it's just a family or 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 um you know the uh uh they're the kids you know they're just having they're just kids you know mm-hmm. um it had a the film gave me a 1950s vibe to it not the quality so much but the style it's like it's like watching a picturesque um ad from one of those old magazines where it's idyllic mm-hmm. you know it's very nice it reminded me the whole story that the horror elements along with that reminded me of an old one of those old ec comics with a with a remember those colorful eerie covers that draw you in and uh-huh. maybe you want to buy the magazine or like a creepy or an eerie that's what it reminded me of um the one thing I did not like or really understand, I, I felt, and I told you before, is that the um, the ending did not satisfy me. I mean, what? Why driving? Why swimming through these corals would uh, allow them to escape? Why, you know, or you know, just the whole thing seemed to be conveniently wrapped up. Okay, they got out and they go to the resort and they they find the cop and you know, and then you know the the helicopters come in. You know, it's just it just seemed too convenient of a wrap up for me. Um, but uh, but I did I, I did appreciate the twist. Mm-hmm. You know, I do love M Night Shyamalan films as much as I complain of him always appearing in there. I do like it. I do like it. I liked in this movie what I liked is that uh, it didn't bother me that he appeared in it because it was at the beginning and at the end. So the main body of the story to me, was not interrupted, and that allowed me to really get involved into these people's lives mm-hmm. and their situations. Um, I love the characters. Patricia is the, the girl. Patricia, I think. Uh, well, Jaron. Jaron was one of my favorites. That's the uh, the Asian guy that went swimming, uh, trying yes. to get out. I thought he was really great. He was kind of like the glue of reason that held everybody together, I felt, because everybody had this, like, issue or neuroticism about mm-hmm. him you know like you had um the the charles with the he, he seemed a little arrogant and then he had dementia yeah uh mid-sized sedan was cool i liked him i loved his, the, the the actor seemed he did a great job kara was the pregnant girl uh-huh. but i don't understand if was it actually at the time that that i mean not to get too much into details but i remember she just apparent. She just appeared pregnant. No, I think she and the the one boy were, when they were in the tent. They right? were in the tent, and I think they got a little busy because suddenly their their bodies were changing, yeah. and they just you know they hadn't been raised or given the talk, mm-hmm. and so I would think that like two two teens left alone on an island and not told what to expect. Yeah, they'd probably just go with what. What and, and you know when and they said too when they came out and they saw that she was pregnant the the kid was like I thought you had to do that like ten times for that to happen or something I didn't catch that oh. 
Oh my God! But um, yeah, you, and you, they they did a real good job of keeping their childlike mentality, even though they were like mm -hmm. growing, aging. You know, yes, I mean you can almost hear the bones creaking as they're stretching, and you know, good movie. Uh, it was unfortunate that that girl climbs the cliff trying to get out, and then she, she falls. falls. Yeah, I felt bad for that. Mm. It was just a sick, twisted version of Fantasy Island. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. You know, I it struck me. It really had the feeling to me of like an old episode of the twilight zone yeah and uh just an extended full color one but yeah i think the actors did a great job the asian doctor i guess he was actually a nurse a nurse a nurse um i've seen him in other movies i don't I've remember what too uh, i thought yeah they all did a great job mm -hmm. and as he went swimming away i was like there's no way he's getting out yeah of there. and like that's it and Feel then suddenly he's floating i'm like yeah the only thing I can think about with the coral being like the way out or whatever is maybe the coral uh, okay. was a shielding agent because it's it's life, but it's it's I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it never really gets yeah. That's, explained. A, that's what I'm saying. It's like you gotta leave it up to your own explanation, but it doesn't really. I wish he would explained why the coral, right? You know, but yeah, not a big deal. But the main film the the you know the main gist of this film was is it's a pretty good story it's a very good story right very good story and yes it had that twilight zone rod sterling element you know not necessarily it didn't it didn't rely on gory really no not stuff. at all it it relied on just a psychological fuck with your mind you know yeah thing going on the twisted alternate reality and i thought the film editing <coughs> was excellent you know you'd, you'd show like one person and then the f camera would pan to somebody else and then when it panned back to like the kid the kid was was three years older yeah and i just thought uh really well done the camera work and when it came when it comes to the filmography uh filmography cinematography whatever the camera work mm -hmm. i would rate this among his best yeah uh, not the best no, definitely I, I, far from the worst. Yeah, I, I wouldn't rate this as the, his best movie of all time. But yes, far from the worst. But like I said, when it comes to the filmography or... I, cinematography. Cinematography, that's what I'm thinking of. When it came to the cinematography, I think it, it is one of his best. Yeah, absolutely. I would uh, I would definitely have this on my shelf. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie, so... But this this goes back to what I'm telling you, man. There, there are these, uh, these directors like Ari Aster, this guy. They, they, they got this different way of thinking outside of box that uh that that are trying to like break out of the slasher yeah typical they don't rely on tropes they don't rely on the old woman a haunted house you know no right. they don't you're right they don't yeah rely on any they don't rely on jump scares no it's it's all tension and story which rem i mean m night Shyamalan especially reminds me a lot of alfred hitchcock in that way Hitchcock was all about the suspense and setting yeah. the scene. It wasn't about jump scares or gore or anything like that. So I would go so far to say as uh, Shyamalan is kind of like a modern-day Alfred Hitchcock. Mm, there are different elements to this guy that he uses supernatural, whereas in, I don't remember Hitchcock ever using supernatural except for the birds. Right, yeah, not really, but I'm, I'm just talking about the suspense, about the suspense mean, yeah. using, setting the scene and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with Shyamalan, like said, 
a lot of his movies have a twist to it. You've come to expect, how's he going to twist this? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, you're right. I could see the, the element of Hitchcock. Uh, who else does he remind you of? I mean, I, I think rather than, I think instead of making the comparison of who reminds me of Shyamalan, it's who else reminds me of Hitchcock and thus reminds me a little bit of Shyamalan would be Jordan Peele. Because again, he, although he takes a very different bent to it and it's not supernatural and there's not those twists, it's still very much story and character driven. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I love this new generation of, of horror filmmakers. And me too. It, it gives you quality, mm -hmm. quality, not quantity, not four or five different Freddy Krueger films. Exactly. It gives you one really good one that you'd really love to see again because you missed something or, you know, you're, you're in love with the characters or the, the development, the tension. Yeah. And the fact is, I mean, these modern-day virtuosos like Ari Aster and Jordan Peele have only come out with a couple of their own movies, whereas Shyamalan's been prolific since the 90s and yeah. has had... I mean, he's hit or miss, mm -hmm. but this one was definitely a hit. I think I would give this one eight skulls. I gave it eight skulls as well. Yeah. I, I gave it eight skulls as well. Uh, and yes, you know, hit or miss, but, you know, he's been crashing on the way up, as, as I like to say, because mm. he's like, yeah, he has his fails, but he learns from that and he comes, I think, a little better each time. What other films do you like from M. Night Shyamalan? Well, let's, let's go over the rest of his filmography and we'll discuss those, take them a little bit at a time. We won't go into so much detail with his movies because we don't want this to be like a, a five hour podcast episode. So let me, let me just bring that up. I had it up and now it's um, okay. And then the interesting thing too, is a lot of these movies that he's directed, he is also written. Mm. So his very first movie that he directed was in 1992. I never saw it. It was called praying with anger. So 92, 92. So I never saw that one. Mm. Next was 98, Wide Awake. I also never saw that one. Both of those were apparently comedies, mm. which is interesting. He does not strike me as a, a comedic writer or director. He's funny looking. Well, a little bit. Pot, meat, kettle. <laughs> then there was his breakout in 1990, 1999, The Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. With Bruce Willis, Willis and uh, Haley Joel Osmond, I think. Yes, Haley Joel Osmond. You know, I see dead people. Yeah, the classic line. Yeah. And that has just become iconic. And uh, suddenly everyone knew M. Night, Shyamalan, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's name. Mm. I'm really trying hard to pronounce it properly, <laughs> but it's just a tough name to pronounce. It is. It is. So after that, in just a year later, 2000, Bruce Willis again, Unbreakable. Oh, good one. Which we didn't know at the time was the first of a trilogy. Mm -hmm. uh, then came Signs about crop circles and aliens. I like Signs. This is one of my favorite ones of his. Mm -hmm. But uh, somebody pointed out something that uh, that made total sense. It kind of kind of ruined it a little bit for me. Is like, so this this alien civilization comes here to visit us to take over, and uh, and they're so advanced. They travel all these millions of miles. And they visit a planet 
that's almost completely covered by water. And you're allergic to water. Right. And you didn't bring a condom. Right, yeah. They, they weren't wearing a space suits any kind or anything of, any like kind that. Of protection, man. Yeah. You know. So but, you got to always have protection. Yeah. But uh, but uh, still, very good movie. Yes. You know, uh, good acting. Mel yeah. Gibson. Mel Gibson, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, excellent. And I'm not Shyamalan. Right. Yeah. That was in 2002. Then in 2004 was The Village. Another good one. I like that one a lot. I love the twist. You know, I was I was underwhelmed with The Village. Partially because with the buildup about, you know, this whole thing with the the treaty with the monsters, and then it turns out that the elders had kind of made up the monsters to keep things in control or whatever. Mm. And the big twist is this medieval village or whatever is actually modern day. You see an airplane going overhead and such. That's that's mm. the twist. I thought the twist was that there was going to actually be monsters. Mm. That would have been a twist. Yeah. That's it would the, have been a reverse twist. Yeah, exactly. I the, thought the old, the old switcheroo on us. Right. That's what I kind of wanted. And yeah. so when it turned out to not be that, that been good. It 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 was underwhelming. It's still yeah. a decent movie. Yeah. But Adrian Brody Adrian Brody William Hurt, I believe. I think William, William Hurt, Hurt was in that and uh I believe that was um I think Bryce Dallas Howard was in that one as well. I think she was the main girl. Mm. Let me just take... And starring M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, okay, so that one had... I didn't remember Joaquin Phoenix being in that one. That's got... No, he's not in that one. It was Adrian Brody. He, he is in that one. Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. I'm yeah, looking, I'm actually, a... you're right. He yeah. is. And Adrian Brody, Bryce Dallas Howard, William Hurt, Sigourney Weaver... Gordon Weaver's in I've yeah. got to rewatch that. Yeah, I own it, but I haven't watched it in a while. Jesse Eisenberg is in that. I, I don't remember him being in that at all. Which one is Jesse Eisenberg? Jesse Eisenberg. He's the one who played Lex Luthor in the, the Zack Snyder Batman movies. And uh, he was in, um, not Scott Pilgrim, uh, but he's, he's uh, he was, uh, he played Mark Zuckerberg in the, the Social Network. That guy. Yeah. Okay, I know. I don't is. remember him being in in the village either, but apparently he's in the 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 list. So well, he was kind of still kind of a new name back. Then. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm gonna have to watch that one again. Me so. too. Me too. I liked um, I liked Adrian Adrian Brody's um character in that. Yeah, he he played a a simpleton. A simpleton, but he was very kind of um, he was simpleton, but not so non threatening. Right. Yeah. So then after The Village was Lady in the Water, another like Bryce Dallas Howard one. Yeah, uh, Paul Giamatti. That was one of his misses. Terribly so. Yeah. Arlie Ermey was in that, right? Arlie Ermey? The uh, drill instructor from Full Metal Jacket? Oh, I don't remember. I don't know. I think he was in it, and uh, that's the only name I recall off the top of my head from that one. Then we we go into a series of misses for him. There's... The Happening with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. Oh. What is that? The thing about the plants being yeah, our enemy. The, it's just the plants and the bees and things. Crap. Yeah. I didn't. I really hated that movie. And you know what's the, the worst part is? If you look at the trailer, it was very inviting. It's like, what's going on? These people just jumping, just walking off the, 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 the buildings and just, you know, it was very, it's something you really wanted to see and, you know, wish it was a successful movie. And it's just, I didn't, it just, it fell flat. Mm-hmm. 
And then he decided to take on a major fandom and did The Last Airbender, which fans of that that series, mm. the Avatar series, uh, they they panned it. They hated it. Really? Yeah. And so that was supposed to be one of the first chapter of several, and it just didn't go anywhere. Why does it say, excuse me, does it, do, do we know why they hated it? Because uh, they didn't like some of the casting and the, how he cast some of the characters. And they just didn't like how he, some of the things he changed from the, the, the graphic novels and such. And that's what I see. That's a pattern because I see that in Star Wars movies when um, the, the latest movies come out came out. A lot of uh, fans of the books hated how they just rewrote everything. Yeah, I mean, when you're dealing with an established fandom, when you're not, when you're not making your own story, when you're you're messing with something that people are, you're you're creating something within a a world that people already know the story. Not only that, it's that they love it. Mm-hmm. They love that they they keep buying the merchandise of the books, yeah. and then you go and just wipe your you butt change with things, and you know you're and you rewrite it. Right now, when I saw the movie Last Airbender. I liked it, but I wasn't a fan of the series. I hadn't read any of the graphic novels or anything like that. So you really couldn't compare. Right. Now, since I've seen the cartoon, Netflix produced the cartoon years later that was more true to the graphic novels, and I see how much M. Night changed the mm-hmm. changed it and such. So You could see why there is a frustration. Yes. And that same year that The Last, Air, Last Airbender came out, Devil came out, which he was a producer and writer for, but not director. What year? That was 2010. Mm. Devil is about uh, basically some people trapped in an elevator with Mm. Satan. Yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting concept. I remember seeing it. It was was a bit forgettable, but I I thought it was, at the time, I thought it was an interesting concept. I remember it, but I don't remember all the details. Yeah. It just you know it kind of it didn't have very much um, publicity as I recall, right? And I think it was limited release, unfortunately. Yeah, I, yeah. So, it, uh, yeah, it was okay, but not overly memorable to no, me. Then, twenty thirteen, he takes on sci fi with After Earth. After Earth, I remember that with He's, Will uh, Smith and Jaden Smith. Yes, and. You know, that one, yeah, that one totally flopped. Now, I thought visually, like, it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. The the story itself was a bit weak, I thought. And, you know, it was almost like, it was almost like he was trying to recreate Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar. Really? Just in that, you know, this this exotic uh, alien landscape with these alien creatures and things Mm -hmm. like that. You know, After Earth came four years after Avatar mm. came out. And so I... That was I, his dark period. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then we've got, in 2015, The Visit, which uh, is about these kids. They've never met their grandparents, and they go to visit their grandparents. Good and one. Their grandparents are acting really strange. Mm, I love that one. I think... I think that's my favorite. Really? I think that's my favorite. Interesting. I'd say I I put that one kind of in the upper middle mm. tier. I don't know if it's my favorite. Of course, I only saw it once. 
but uh, I remember enjoying it, but especially the 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 part with the diaper. What what was the part with the diaper? So the the one of the kids is uh, a germaphobe, uh-huh. and his grandpa uh, wears diapers. He's incontinent, and as the film progresses, and the grandparents are getting more and more weird. The kid's in the kitchen, like, making himself lunch, and Grandpa just comes in and takes off his dirty diaper and is change, is changing right there in front of him and stuff. And the kid's kind of horrified, oh, yeah. and Grandpa goes, you're the one that has an issue with germs, right? And the kid kind of nods, and he just takes the dirty diaper and just smashes it into his face. Oh, oh my God, I don't remember that part. Yeah. I remember the uh, the... the crazy lady um when the girl opens the door and she's like scratching the wall yeah. and you know and you can hear her running up and down the hallway yep yep as i recall that's like a bit of a found is that was that a found like a, almost like a found footage style no but there were scenes where like the kids were i think recording like on their ipads or something mm. like that but that was just so many creepy visuals of that film that i recall like the grandpa and the uh in the uh, barn with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Just, uh. Yeah. So that kind of helped pull Shyamalan out of his his slump, slump of, of dogs there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then in 2016, we've got Split with James McAvoy. Oh, good one. Which was, uh, turned out, we didn't know it until the end of the movie was actually a sequel to Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. And uh, James McAvoy plays somebody with uh, multiple personalities or, or DID, dissociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that a lot of people in the mental health community really did not like this movie because of the way it, it uh, paints those with this particular illness. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I thought it was an incredible movie. I thought James McAvoy did an incredible job. What a phenomenal yeah. actor. It reminded me a lot of a book I read years ago. It's out of print, very difficult to find. Uh, it's called The 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 Lives of Billy Milligan, mm. about somebody who had d- dissociative identity disorder. And, um, Is that a fiction or nonfiction? You know, I'm not sure. I think it's... It's presented as true, a uh, true crime genre, mm-hmm. and it's presented as factual. But I have heard some people question whether, whether it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but supposedly there's I, because there is a real Billy Milligan person. Okay. But some people feel that that he made it up. That it, <clears throat> it's not true. That's why. That's where I'm getting. I see. It. Some people believe that the author of the book and Billy Milligan kind of crafted this to get their 15 minutes of fame. Got it. I'm not... It's possible. I'm not going to comment one way or the other. I did think it was a fascinating read, and I feel that M. Night took some inspiration from that book because uh, in that book, Billy Milligan talks about all of these personalities are in a dark room, and there's a bright spot of light in the middle, and whoever's standing on the spot gets control of the body and the consciousness. Oh. And in Split, there's they they kind of talk a little bit about mm. that. So, uh, but, but it's um the thing with these these three films, and I'm sure we're going to talk about um, well, there's there's um, Unbreakable, Unbreakable, Split, and then Glass. Glass. Glass was in the middle. No, Glass was after. Oh yeah, Glass is was after. Mm-hmm. It they have this like climb and then this. Decline. Mm-hmm. 
Because the last one, Glass, wasn't as good as the last, the, the previous one, I thought. No, and we'll get to that. But mm. yeah, uh, Split, like I said, I thought James McAvoy did a great job embodying the various personalities and everything like that. I thought that was the best of the three. Split is probably my... Split and, and Signs are kind of my one or two, one mm. and two for him. So I don't know which one I would rank higher, but Split is definitely top two for me of all of Shyamalan's movies. I love the aliens and signs. Yes. I love that. And then the sounds associated that like yeah. rattling or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then the way that they can, chame- you know, morph their looks like yeah. chameleons. Uh, so Split was in 2016. Then in 2019, we had Glass, which was the final wrap-up of the trilogy. And this puts Bruce Willis, from un- his character from Unbreakable, uh, James McAvoy uh, from Split, and um, Samuel L. Jackson, who was in Unbreakable, and kind of puts them all together. And it's the story of Samuel L. Jackson's clar- character, Mr. Glass. It was fascinating to see all three of them yes. at the same time in... Uh, in- What's interesting about this is what uh, what real life superheroes would be like. Mm-hmm. You know, they I don't think they would be exactly law abiding. You know, trying to help your fellow man type of people, kind of like in Brightburn. Remember, I said that. that mm-hmm. This is like what what I envision people with superhuman powers become. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah, when you can do anything, or when you've got superpowers, they would yeah, they their mental they they would deteriorate. They they their mentality, you know, they would just uh, it, they they would just become something else. Yeah, uncontrollable. Yeah, spoiled. Spoiled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was kind of cool to see uh, James McAvoy running like a beast. Like, yeah, like a beast, yeah. and yeah, that was just. Uh, yeah, great. And, I mean, the trilogy is solid as a whole. Unbreakable, then Split, then Glass. But you're right, Split was the best of all three of them. Yeah. But I did like at the end when they uh, they exposed that organization. Mm-hmm. I almost want to see a continuation of that. Right. See what M. Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan there you go, mm-hmm. is, uh, would, would do with that. I right. want to see what he would, would play with this and, and show me what you got. What I want to hear more about this story. It almost strikes me a bit of... Uh, the organization Monarch in the the yes. Godzilla and Kong. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. And, so uh, just a sinister shadow uh, shadow corporation organization. organization. Yeah. But I've, I I think I um I think I love that because I loved Falco Experiment. I loved uh what's the other film that we just saw? Uh, Escape Room. Escape Room. With, there's with something the, you know some organization. Minos. Yeah. The masters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, so Glass was in 2019, and then that leads us to today which was old Mm -hmm. so let's see uh what would you rank your top three m M night i would have to say i said the visit but now i I had forgotten about split i think split was my favorite split Mm -hmm. and then the village I mean, it's hard to say because old just came out. I just saw mm-hmm. it, and I'm still, I'm still kind of assessing it. I'm, I'm my head's still trying to catal- uh, categorize it or put it in, you know, what rating I want. Sure, at. right. But excluding old for now, okay. I want to say splits my favorite, the village, and then signs. Okay. Uh-huh. I would have to say signs split, 
and I've, I'm wanting to say old, but I'm going to have to see it more. Yeah, me too. You see, it's a, this goes back to what I told you. It's These movies are a cut above everything else, mm-hmm. like Ari Aster, because you, you want to go see him again and see what other gems you find. Out right, exactly. Oh, I missed this. I saw this. And then, you know, and put it together. And um, But yeah, I definitely have to see old. That's why I excluded it, because I want to see it again. To make sure I got all everything, I soak up everything because these guys are just phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, not dealing with slasher films here, man. You're dealing with I'm gonna psychologically fuck with you. Yeah, very unique characters, unique stories. Again, always looking for that twist. Uh, Yeah, I've seen Signs numerous times. I've seen Split numerous times. I'm gonna have to watch The Village again, I think, because you rate it so highly. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he comes up with next. And the more I think about it, the more I, I didn't even didn't catch on. But yes, this movie old has a Rod Serling esque thing element to it. Yeah, you know, and that's what works, man. I mean, if you if you go back, if you go onto Netflix, I believe, and you look at the old Twilight Zone. They're still watchable, man. Oh yeah, they're absolutely. still watchable. They're like 50, 60 years old, man. And these stories, because they rely on the stories, because they also, that's all they had back then, they are just well-written and well-acted and well-crafted. And that's what you have here. We're going back to the basics, the, the essentials of what makes a movie good. Yeah. And that's why I rated Ari Aster's movie so high. Because mm-hmm. he gave me something really good. Something that I just, you know, I'm good. I have both movies already. Yeah. I mean, we... For so many years, the horror genre has been so Mm one-dimensional. There's a creature or person who's out to kill people. Yeah. Or there's ghosts causing things to go bump in the night or whatever. Hey, let's move into this creepy old house. Yes, creepy old house. Somebody died, but pay no mind. Right. It's just... You know, it's always a creepy old house in the country. The guy's a yeah. struggling writer, and he brings his family out for a new start. And, and maybe yeah. he has a drinking problem. Maybe he doesn't. Right. You know, but it, there's it's... always some other shit going on. You know, he's a cheater. He, you know, he he's just you know. Uh. Right. So these these directors uh, and and filmmakers, Shyamalan and Ari Aster and and Jordan, and Jordan Peele, Peele, they give us multi-dimensional, uh, 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 is that the right word I'm looking for? Multi-dimensions? Yeah. yeah. Layers. Multi-layers, yes. Multi-layers. Of, of film. Of quality film. Quality film, quality yes. storytelling. They quell, they quench our thirst for this. Man. Yes. They quench our thirst. And you can... I mean, before we could, I mean, we can rate Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees, and they're great, and we love them in our time, but, you know, it's time to move on to something better. Right. Yeah, see, the interesting thing about, like, for Ari Aster, every time I watch, say, Midsummer or Hereditary, mm. I catch something a little new. Yeah. Whereas with M. Night, the rewatchability of his movies is, now you've seen it once, you know what the twist is, and now that you go back and you watch the movie, keeping in mind what you detail. know what's going yeah. on, you're like, how did I miss how did that? How I miss that? Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. Or, oh, what the hell? I missed that the first time. Yeah. You know, because I... And that's the beauty of these films. These films that these are more than films, they are conversation pieces. Yes. Brent. And these are movies that you're going to be watching for years on end. 
and you know and and say oh yeah yeah this is the season talk about it and you know we'll be seeing look at again like i said before look at stanley kubrick's the shining mm -hmm. look at uh movies like that that just you know for decades and you still watch them and they're still cool they're just still you know you just like the story is just it just um engulfs you right mm -hmm. well there's certain you know talking about stanley kubrick you know there's certain things that become iconic mm. in a genre you know you've got jack nicholson peering through the hole in the door yeah. you know and here what is here's, here's johnny, johnny. Yep. yeah and then we've got i see dead people yeah that's For me become the shining, iconic the creepiest thing was not him looking through that 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 uh hole in the door that he made with the axe it was um when uh when wendy is going through the stairs of the hallway and she sees roger in a bear suit with Horace Derwent. Horace Derwent was the, I believe, was the owner in the book. That's related to, to the book. In the book, the guy in the suit, the tuxedo, that was Horace Derwent. He was the owner of the Overlook. He mm -hmm. was a multi-million dollar, you know, this motherfucker who had all this money. And then uh, Roger was uh, like his, the gay guy that was after him. And he, he, Horace made him dress in like a, like a dog suit. When in the movie, it's a bear suit, I think. But anyway, um, when you see him get up from the bed, they're they're both looking at Wendy. It's so abstract that you're like it. You're like, what the fuck did I just see? Yeah. And it wasn't even a guy in an a with an axe or anything. Right. Yeah. Just some yeah really bizarre stuff and bizarre. Uh, yeah. That's the element. Yeah. It's got to be bizarre. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to do a, a episode on the shining and doctor sleep i think in the the upcoming future but i'm down uh, we're uh i think we we've gone off topic so i think it's time for us to wrap up dan do you have anything you want to add as a matter of fact i have a joke i can feel myself aging already <laughs> so what's your joke okay so I go to my physical therapist and I say, hey, I broke my arm in two places. And you, you know what he said? Huh? Don't go to those places. <laughs> don't don't go to those places because you broke your arm there when you, went, when you went there. Got it. Guys, reach so, out to us. And, why, are you, why do you cringe? Uh, because um, it's something completely unrelated. All right. Yeah. It's, uh, reach out to us via email. Another joke help? Probably. Oh, look at how late it's getting. This episode's getting really long. Um, reach out to us via email, shriekpreviews at gmail.com, or hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash shriekpreviews. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next time.